people have desires to belong to something, to desires to have a purpose in, in their life and in what they do with their lives. Have you ever been a part of something? Could be church, ministry, it could be uh, just in your work or some other organization that you're a part of that is so life-giving because you feel like I'm a part of something. I have an important role and look at the good things that are coming from what I'm a part of. We're in our study of Nehemiah that we started a couple of weeks ago. The text today and what Scripture as a whole reveals to us is that it speaks to this in some ways. It speaks to us about purpose. God wants us to know that He has a purpose for Dogwood Church. He has it placed here with a purpose. And we're also going to see in the text today and in what Scripture uh, affirms in other places, God wants you to know individually that He has a purpose for you in the church. He has a place for you and a purpose for you to fulfill. And so we're going to examine that today um, and consider the mission that, the God, has given, that God has given the church uh, and what our part is in that. Turn with me to Nehemiah 3. Our sermon is titled, Placed with a Purpose. Placed with a purpose. Nehemiah 3, 32 verses today. I'm going to read them all, and I'm giving you a preface. Brace yourself. It's a, it's a list of names, uh, and there's another list coming later on in Nehemiah. Uh, however, we believe what Scripture teaches us. We believe this statement from 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. We believe that to be true. Uh, and so when we come to passages like Nehemiah 3, or when you come to passages in Numbers where there's lists of names and numbers of people, we still believe that that's true, that all Scripture, every single piece of it, is breathed out by God, and that it is profitable for us. And so we're going to read through this. I'm going to do the best I can with these names. Uh, And then we're going to examine what I think the Lord has for us from Nehemiah 3 and what other places in Scripture affirm of what the Lord has for us from Nehemiah 3. Nehemiah 3, verses 1 through 32. The high priest Eliashib and his fellow priests began rebuilding the sheep gate. They dedicated dedicated it and installed its doors. After building the wall to the Tower of the Hundred and the Tower of Hananel, they dedicated it. The men of Jericho built next to Eliashib, and next to him, Zachor, son of Imri, built. The sons of Hassaneah built the fish gate. They built it with beams and installed its doors, bolts, and bars. Next to them, Merimoth, son of Uriah, son of Hakaz, made repairs. Beside them, Meshullam, son of Berechiah, son of Meshezebel, made repairs. Next to them, Zadok, son of Baanah, made repairs. 
beside them the Tekoites made repairs, but their nobles did not lift a, fing- lift a finger to help their supervisors. Joeda, son of Paseah, and Mashulam, son of Besadiah, repaired the old gate. They built it with beams and installed its doors, bolts, and bars. Next to them, the repairs were done by Melatiah the Gibeonite, Jadon the Meronathite, and the men of Gibeon and Mizpah, who were under the authority of the governor of the region west of the Euphrates River. After him, Uzziah, son of Harahiah, the goldsmith, made repairs, and next to him, Hananiah, son of the perfumer, made repairs. They restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. Next to them, Rephiah, son of Hur, ruler of the half-district of Jerusalem, made repairs. After them, Jediah, son of Haramath, made repairs across from his house. Next to him, Hattush, son of Hashbaniah, made repairs. Malchijah, son of Hiram, and Hashab, son of Pahath-Moab, made repairs to another section as well as to the tower of the ovens. Beside him, Shalom, son of Halahesh, ruler of the district of Jerusalem, made repairs, he and his daughters. Hanun and the inhabitants of Zenoah repaired the valley gate. They rebuilt it and installed its doors, bolts, and bars, repaired 500 yards of the wall to the dung gate. Malchijah, son of Rechab, Ruler of the district of Beth Hekram repaired the dung gate. He rebuilt it and installed the doors, bolts, and bars. Shalon, son of Colhose, ruler of the district of Mizpah, repaired the fountain gate. He rebuilt it and roofed it and then installed its doors, bolts, and bars. He also made repairs to the wall of the pool of Shelah near the king's garden as far as the stairs that descend from the city of David. After him, Nehemiah, son of Azbuk, ruler of the half-district of Bethzur, made repairs up to the, a point opposite the tombs of David, as far as the artificial pool in the house of the warriors. Next to him, the Levites made repairs under Rehum, son of Benai. Beside him, Hashabiah, ruler of the half-district of Keilah, made repairs for the district. After him, their fellow Levites made repairs under Benui, son of the Hinnadad, ruler of the half-district of Keilah. Next to him, Ezer, son of Jeshua, ruler of Mizpah, made repairs to another section opposite the ascent to the armory at the angle. After him, Baruch, son of Zabai, diligently repaired another section from the angle to the door of the house of the high priest Eliashib, Beside him, Merimah, son of Uriah, son of Hakaz, made repairs to another section from the door of Eliashib's house to the end of his house. And next to him, the priest from the surrounding area made repairs. After them, Benjamin and Hashab made repairs opposite their house. Beside them, Azariah, son of Masaiah, son of Ananiah, made repairs beside his house. After him, Benui, son of Hinnadad, made repairs to another section, from the house of Azariah to the angle and the corner. Palau, son of Uzziah, made repairs opposite of the angle and the tower that juts out from the king's upper palace. By the courtyard of the guard, beside him, Padiah, son of Parosh, made the temple 
And the temple servants living on Ophel made repairs opposite of the water gate toward the east and the tower that juts out. Next to him, the Tekoites made repairs to another section from a point opposite the great tower that juts out as far as the wall of Ophel. Each of the priests made repairs above the horse gate, each opposite his own house. After them, Zadok, son of Emmer, made repairs opposite his house. And beside him, Shemaiah, son of Shechaniah, guard of the east gate, made repairs. Next to him, Hananiah, son of Shelemiah, and Hanun, the sixth son of Zalaph, made repairs to another section. After them, Meshulam, son of Berechiah, made repairs opposite his room. Next to him, Malchijah, one of the goldsmiths, made repairs to the house of the temple servants and the merchants opposite the inspection gate and as far as the upstairs room on the corner. The goldsmiths and the merchants made repairs between the upstairs room on the corner and the sheep gate. Let's pray. Father, your word is good and your word is true and we confess that today. We ask that you open our eyes to see what it is you have for us, what you want to instruct us today, Um, especially with a a passage that can seem challenging to to work through and to to examine. Uh, Help us see the beauty of what is recorded here uh, and the work that you have for your people, God. Challenge us with that. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So, central truth for us as we look at this passage of a big long list of names and places that they repaired in Jerusalem along the walls, central truth is this, God will accomplish more through us when we all do our part. God will accomplish more through us when we all do our part. Now, I have good news. Uh, I'm not going to work through this chapter like I typically do. Uh, And some of you are thinking, thank God, I can't listen. (laughs) I can't listen to him butcher a list of names again. Uh, What what I want us to do, because of the way that this chapter is written, uh, is I'm going to highlight some things from the chapter. Uh, We'll look at a few of these verses in the list of names and places that were repaired. And then I want to point to places in the New Testament that are showing us truths about how God is still working in us as his people. Uh, And it has some wonderful, wonderful truths for us to hold on to as we as we consider this. Okay, so the first thing in Nehemiah three that I want us to look at is this. God gives each person a part in his work. God gives each person, each and every single person a part in his work. Let's look at verses, I'm just going to read a few. I'm going to read verse 1, verse 8, and verse 12 for us to kind of consider that each person has a part in the work that God is wanting to do. Verse 1, the high priest Eliashib and his fellow priest began rebuilding the sheep gate. They dedicated it and installed its doors. After building the wall to the Tower of the Hundred and the Tower of Hananel, they dedicated it. Skipping down to verse 8. 
After him, Uziel, son of Harahiah, the goldsmith, made repairs. Next to him, Hananiah, son of the perfumer, made repairs. They restored Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. And then down to verse 12. Beside him, Shalom, son of Halohesh, ruler of the half-district of Jerusalem, made repairs. He and his daughters... God gives each person a part in his work. Now, I do want to give you one quick side note that I think is important for us to recognize in here uh, from Nehemiah 3. Uh, the, the work starts with the priest rebuilding the sheep gate. And this is significant for what it is that the Lord is doing uh, in Jerusalem and for the people of God. The reason that it is significant is the sheep gate is the gate that the sacrifices were brought into the city to be taken up to the temple. And it is important to note that that's where the, the work starts. As they begin the rebuilding process, they are restoring and rebuilding the way for people to draw close to the Lord, to worship the Lord, to confess their sin, to be in right relationship with the Lord for God to use them, for God to work in them. And so I think that's significant that the work starts there with the priest rebuilding the gate so that the sacrifices can come back in, so that people can be back in the right relationship with the Lord. All right, so that's important for us, too, to think about as we talk about rebuilding here, as we talk about restoration here, as we talk about looking for the renewal. It is not just about a physical thing. Yes, there's physical renewal that will take place. I mean, we, just our worship center alone, we see a tremendous renewal from what this looked like a few months ago. But if all we are about is just kind of a rebuilding physical spaces, we're missing what the Lord has for us. There's spiritual renewal is, is at the heart of things. And that's what we see in Nehemiah, and that's what we desire for ourselves. Okay, so back to the point for this section. God gives each person a part in his work. Look at in just those three verses that I, I reread, verses 1, 8, and 12. Look at the different types of work that was there. Look at the different uh, people that are represented, the different walks of life that are represented. There are priests that are doing the work. There are goldsmiths that are doing the work. There are perfumers and rulers, political rulers and religious rulers. There's fathers and sons and daughters. Each person there had a task that they could do that's something that they could be a part of. They had a purpose in being there. The Lord specifically had them there for a work. Each person was vital in that work. Consider if the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem was accomplished except for one section because one group of people decided, I just don't know that this is that important of a task. And a section of the wall remained torn down. The city's still not protected, right? Every person had a part, and each part was vital in the work that the Lord was doing as a whole. 
And that's true for us today in the church. Jesus Christ died for us. Jesus Christ redeemed us, restored our relationship to God, changed us from being enemies of God to being sons and daughters of God, sons and daughters of the Most High, and then brought in to, so being brought into the family and then put on mission with what God is wanting to accomplish in this world to bring about redemption. And so it is true for us still today that God gives each person a part in his work as the mission of redemption, as the mission of the gospel to take the good news of Jesus out to the lost world continues on. Consider what 1 Corinthians teaches us about this. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 7 Now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God produces each gift in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to not some people, Not really talented people, not really good people. Every believer, every person who has trusted in Jesus Christ, the Spirit has given to them a gift that is for the common good. Every single person has a part to play. God has gifted you and me with spiritual gifts, and with abilities to play the part that we've been given. How amazing is that? Consider that this is the Creator of all things. The God of the heavens, as Nehemiah refers to Him, who needs absolutely nothing from any one of us. He is all-powerful. He is sovereign and in control. And yet... The God who doesn't need anything from us invites us into the work that He has for us and for the church as a whole. And not only invites us in, but by His Spirit, by His power, is working in you to produce the things that He desires for you. That's amazing. That should blow us away. That God would use some kid from Cut and Shoot, Texas. If you didn't know, that's where I'm from. Uh, and it's a real place, and it's what you're thinking. Uh, (laughs) That God would use a kid from Cut and Shoot, Texas, or someone from Athens, Texas. God would use people like you and me and say, I want them, I'm gifting them with something to be a part of the work that I'm doing to reach this broken and lost world. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And that should change how we think about the work that the Lord has for us. So, first, let's believe that. Right? Let's believe what Scripture teaches us about that God has gifted every single one of us. If we have trusted in Christ, the Spirit of God has gifted every single one of us with a gift to use in His mission. Let's believe that He has us here together 
at Dogwood Church at this time for a specific purpose. I believe that. And then let's be willing to serve in the work that the Lord has for us. Let's be willing to do our part. Say, I can do that. I can serve there. I can be a part of this. God gives each person a part in his work. The second truth is this. God gives each person different work, but the same responsibility. God gives each person a different work, the same responsibility. Let's look at verses 3 through 5 again in Nehemiah 3. would help if I was back in Nehemiah. Nehemiah 3, verse 3 through 5. The sons of Hassaniah built the fish gate. They built it with the beams and installed doors, bolts, and bars. Next to them, Merimoth, son of Uriah, son of Hakaz, made repairs. Beside them, Meshulam, son of Berechiah, son of Meshezabel, made repairs. Next to them, Zadok, son of Baanah, made repairs. Beside them, the Tekoites made repairs, but their nobles did not lift a finger to help their supervisors. God gives each person a different work, but the same responsibility. So just in these verses alone, but the whole 32 verses point us to this reality. Look at all the different places that there were that had to have work done. There was a sheep gate, there was a fish gate, there was a valley gate, there were towers that needed to be rebuilt, there were walls between them that needed to be rebuilt, there were houses, there were roofs, there were all kinds of different works and different types of tasks. Some tasks required rebuilding, some tasks required building altogether because what was there had been completely destroyed, some tasks were repairing It just needed to be fixed. Different work, but the same responsibility. Some people had bigger tasks. Some people had uh, finished one task and then moved on to other tasks. It wasn't that one person had a more important job. What was important that there was a shared responsibility for everyone to do their part. They were all to do the work that was before them. Someone else was taking care of the the sheep gate, so they had to do the fish gate or the wall between the towers. Their job was to do the work that was before them. Be faithful to the task that was before them. There's only one time... And these 32 long verses where someone is listed as not doing their part. And it is clear that it is critical of them. It's at the end of verse 5. But their nobles did not lift a finger to help. That's a critical statement. That's all that they're remembered as. is Those guys didn't do anything in the part. They weren't willing to step in. But 32, the rest of these 32 verses are showing over and over again every person stepping up and doing the work that was before them, faithful to the task that was before them. And that's true for the church. That's how the Lord desires to work in the church. There's different work to be done, but there's a shared responsibility. There's the same responsibility. 
be faithful to the work that's in front of you. Not jealous of the work that someone else is doing. Or not feeling like yours isn't as important. It's be faithful to the work that is before you. We all have different work, but we have a shared responsibility. Listen to how Peter writes about the gifts that we have received. First Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's word. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength that God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. The expectation with the gifts that we have been given is that we use them. That we serve in the work that we've been given. Not just hold on to it. right? Use the gifts for God's glory. And that's what the Lord desires in the church. I think it was Jen Wilkin. I can't remember if it was something I read from her recently or if it was an an interview. Uh, But she talked about uh, the Holy Spirit would not have gifted you with the gifts that he's given you if he did not plan for you to use them, if he did not desire you to use them. If the Spirit of God has gifted us with something, which he has... If we are believers in Jesus Christ, if the Spirit of God has gifted us with something, the, the reason is God wants us to use that gift. God wants us to serve with that gift for the good of the body. And we'll see that more in just a little bit. So, church, let's value what every single person brings to Dogwood Church and to the church universal. Let's value one another. Not look at one another with competition. Not look at one another as like, well, but they're a little bit different. I don't know if I really like them. But actually value. Like, God's brought these people here. All kinds of different walks of life. All kinds of different skills and abilities and spiritual giftings. And let's treasure that in one another. That will shape how we interact with one another if we start looking at each other as brothers and sisters in Christ who've been gifted by the Spirit of God for a purpose of the work of Dogwood Church. That'll help unite us on the mission that he has. And the second part to that is use the gifts that the Lord has given you. Use your spiritual gifts, use abilities that you have And pursue faithfulness to what it is the Lord has for you in the task at hand. The third truth from this is this, from this section is this. God gives transformation through his people being united in his mission. God gives transformation through his people being united in his mission. We talked about in Nehemiah 1... Seeking a kind of renewal, a revitalization, a transformation. We wanted to feel the, the Lord working in us and through us for His glory in a mighty way. And we will see that transformation in a more beautiful way when we unite together on His mission 
we'll start to see that transformation take place. So think about the wall as each person served in their place, as each person served how they were gifted and how they could work, transformation took place. A physical transformation took place. The walls started to be rebuilt. The, the gates were being rebuilt. The mission at hand was a restoration of the wall around Jerusalem and a restoration of the people for the work that God had for them. And how did God bring that transformation about? How did He restore them? He restored them and the city by everyone being united together, fulfilling the part that was before them. God used that. He blessed that. He transformed Jerusalem. And more importantly, He transformed the people again. He restored them. He used the unity that was there to bring about the transformation that he desired, able to use Jerusalem again to bring the Savior of the world in. That's still how he uses us today. When the church unites together around the work that he has for them, transformation starts to take place. A real sense of renewal and restoration starts to take place in the church. Ephesians speaks about the purpose of the gifts that we've been given and how the Lord wants to use them or how the Lord does use them. Uh, Ephesians four eleven through 16. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, equipping the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, by human cunning with cleverness and techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into Him who is the head, Christ from Him, the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building, itself, building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. The purpose of spiritual gifts is not for you, is what Paul's teaching us here. The purpose of our spiritual gifts is for the church. It's for the good of the church. When each part is working properly, when each part is using the gifts that they have been given, a transformation takes place in the church. The church matures into the people that God wants them to be. The church builds one another up into the people that God desires them to be. There's a transformation that takes place. And that's why the Spirit of God has gifted each and every one of us with spiritual gifts. So we'll be a part of building up this body. So we'll be a part of serving here, using the gifts that we have so that God can receive the glory in how He works in us and how He works through us. He uses every single part to transform. Now, the challenge for each of us is to think 
well, I don't know if I have a part anymore. You might be tempted to think that. I don't... I, I, I feel used up. I don't know if I can, I can give anymore. Or you may be tempted to think, well, I'm too young. What could I give? I'm too weak. What could I give? We're tempted to think, I don't know. Like, I know that Scripture teaches that, that everybody has a part And that God has a purpose in that, and He wants to use me, but I just don't know if that really applies to me where I am right now in my life. And God's Word is always true. The Spirit of God is working in us and wants to work through us. He has gifted us with a purpose, spiritual gifts and and abilities to do something for the good of this church, to build up the church. And so if you're thinking in your mind, I don't know what it is that I could give right now. I don't think I've got much else that I I could do for the church. I want you to just remember, Scripture is true. And I do have a part. And I may still be trying to figure that out. But I'm, I'm willing to do what it is the Lord's calling me to do. I'm willing to step in. So as we commit to faithfully serving God and how God wants to use us, let's pursue unity together on the mission that he has uh, for Dogwood Church. And we have the promise that God will work to transform us. He will transform us as individuals and he will transform us as a church so that Christ gets the glory because of what he's doing in us. And that's exciting. I love what Scripture's taught us today about the work that God has for us. That He's placed each and every one of us here with a purpose. Each one of us with a part that we can play in the mission that He has for us. And so, let's be challenged by that. Uh, Let's be committed to serve faithfully how the Lord can use us here, be willing to serve in the, in the task that's before us. And God will transform us, God will mature us, and God will use us for His glory as He accomplishes His purposes through us. What a wonderful truth today for us to, to see how amazing that is, that God has a purpose for Dogwood Church, and He has a purpose for each one of you in Dogwood Church right now. I'm going to pray for us as the worship team comes up to, um, to lead us in our closing song. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the truth of your word. Give us soft hearts and a willingness to listen, Lord, to what your Spirit is telling us. Give us each a willingness to serve in ways that we can serve. We want to be used for your glory, God. We want to continue to grow more and more into the image of our precious Savior, Jesus. And we want to fulfill the purpose that you have for us here. 
So work, Lord, for that means. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.